There is a fifth dimension. A dimension of sound. Damn it, Frank! We tell him to be quiet. I spill my hot cup of Uranus again. A dimension of sight. Hey, Arch. I'm gonna sock you in the puss. A dimension of mind. Nan Adams, is that you? Ah! Ah! Next stop, the Twilight Zone. What's going on, everyone? <laughs> Welcome back to the Fifth Dimension of Twilight Zone podcast. I am, of course, your oh. host, Nick. Uh, we're here back mm-hmm. to talk to Twilight Zone. Oh, um, oh. oh God. <laughs> I went limp. <laughs> <laughs> I grabbed my mic. And just... <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I don't know what happened there. So this has never happened before, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not impressed. I mean, it is the lateness of the hour, so, I mean, you know, things happen when it's late. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> so so we're back to talk to Twilight Zone. Thank you to Rob last week for, uh, for coming on as quick notice uh, or short notice, one of the two. Okay, so how are you guys doing? <laughs> I, I don't know where to, like, segue from there, but how are you guys doing? How's life? As, uh, better uh, than better than Jake's uh, flaccid microphone. My flat, yeah, yeah. It's it's okay now. It's it's back up. I I gave it a injection of <laughs> confidence. Uh, uh, Stroked shit. it lovingly. Yells. <laughs> it turned you to jelly. It just went. You know, you went. Oh, turned something. Oh. <laughs> so far, this is already a better, better segment than the episode itself. Oh dear God! Here we go. <laughs> Starting already. No, I'm gonna say it. this episode sucks. Um, Damn. Anyways, talk about yeah, premature editorialization. <laughs> I know, right? I'm gonna put this at the end of the episode, so you'll never know. Uh, so, anyways, uh, guys, we're back. Um, I hope you've been doing well. Um, I hope it's been going well. It's been a busy week. I keep getting screeners. I'm a special, I guess you could say. Um, Jacob is going to murder me one day by coming down to Florida. Uh, I expect it so he can take over my uh, YouTube channel and get all the screeners. Uh, I don't want to take over the channel. I just want the uh, all the screeners. <laughs> so take over your email address. There you go. <laughs> just hack right. his account. Like hardcore like I just stopped style. getting screeners all of a sudden. What happened? Just, I don't know, man. I've got a screener. Why, why though. You want to see? <laughs> why is Nick wearing glasses and starts moving around when songs are playing? This is so weird. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, can we talk about something else other than this episode? No. Like, can we talk about like um, porn or something? I mean, no. Um, it's, it got quiet. It's like it's <laughs> off the rails. You you asked to talk about porn and we're just like nothing to say, but you just I mean, don't say a word and we go straight into it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We don't like being told what to do. Yeah. Damn it. So I, it has to come naturally. Son of a bitch. <laughs> do what I want. Um exactly. Screw that. So yeah, yeah. So we're also on audio feeds. We're on audio boom and uh sex cloud and cup of your anus and uh google play and amazon music i'm sure it is i'm sure there's a thing called yeah there's probably a thing that someone's invented called sex cloud it's probably one of those like hanging toys or whatever rule 34 he's actually looking it up well yeah it's lion king sex cloud (laughs) stream sex cloud music it's a thing it's a part of soundcloud soundcloud.com ah. <laughs> backslash sex cloud ah nice play oh, sex cloud and discover followers on soundcloud 
Okay. I might Good not times. I think the mom in this probably was on Sex Cloud, you know, when she was getting the, that massage. She's on um, Sex Cloud 69. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 69. Um, but today we're talking about an episode. Um, we had fun for like the last three episodes, didn't we? It's always fun to uh, have a have a downturn in the podcast because of episodes that uh, uh, don't look great or play great. Um, yeah, so we're talking about season two, episode eight, which is called "The Lateness of the Hour," um, directed by Jack Smite, written by Rod Serling, production code one seventy three thirty six sixty two. Air date December 2nd, 1960, and stars Ingar Stevens as Jada, John Hoyt, Jana, uh, John Hoyt as Dr. Loren, and Irene Treadwell or Tedrow as Miss Loren. So, the lateness of the hour is the first episode to premiere on what, Triv? On tape. And, uh, oh, did it. Oh, did it indeed. Oh, did um, it. It you was know, quite an experience. Frame, first frame. Oh, man. My first note I have is, Woo! Yeah, that's shot on video. <laughs> it says that W O O O O. That shot on video because as soon as it came, I was like, "Wow, yeah, that's look at that frame rate go." Oh man, it reminded me so much of um Dark Shadows from that era, you know, because it was yeah, that it was that studio yeah. that studio camera setup. Like they tried to do some interesting like shots and stuff, but there wasn't any Dutch angles. There was no extreme close-ups. It was just. You know, medium shot, wide shot. <laughs> That's pretty much I how know. I felt watching this episode. Um, I have to. I, I think I've already asked this question last week, but um, do you guys remember remember this episode at all? Did you remember uh, these episodes being shot on videotape? Like, I don't remember. I didn't remember any of the episodes being shot on tape or on video until uh, you guys were talking about it. We were talking about it a few weeks back. Um, so, no, I don't remember that. The episode itself, I didn't at first. And then as it went on, like, I still didn't have, like, a real... My recollection of it was very, very hazy. But the end, what happens in the end, I was like, I remember this. I don't remember everything else that happened in the episode. I did pick up on what was going on by the end. But what happened in the end, I was like, I, I remember this specific thing happening. So unless that happens in another episode somewhere, yeah, I guess I remember the final shots of the episode. I, I don't remember this one at all, but from the second that it starts, you can kind of see where it's going. Yeah. Um, and there, are, as far as the shot on tape episodes, there's another one that I remember. I, I'd have to go back and look at the list of all the ones that are shot on tape because I remember thinking how different the everything looked um, when I watched one of the marathons, but I'm drawing a blank as to like what episode it was. So I don't remember this one specifically, but I do remember at least one other one that was shot on tape. Well, Night of the Meek was. I know that for sure. And uh, Ryan mentioned Static was as well. And I'd have to look at the episodes because <laughs> yeah. I can't by, by title. I'm a complete mm-hmm. idiot. <laughs> yeah, this episode is um, about an insufferable woman. Um, I, I hate to go there, but it's it's about do a you woman though that, do you hate to go there i'm not sure you not do. really with this episode but we <laughs> damn broads <laughs> no but this we talked about this. crazy <laughs> she flown the coop um <laughs> no but we talked about this last week how the the wife of william shatner or uh carl urban or whatever you want to call him was somewhat competent but we come back to another just woman on 
like crazy pills i mean i don't know what's going on in this episode but i think the concept is interesting the idea of like robots that are being or i'm sorry robots that are being built as you know people to help out but my god until we get to the end i i texted you guys and i'm like good lord this woman's insufferable like who wants to be like you think they would just like put her out the pasture or something like what the fuck is going on like it's just the thing she says to uh, you know as the old as her mother's getting an orgasm uh she, <laughs> i'll have she's what like she's complain- having yeah exactly she's complaining about I everything love- everything from the windows to the ceiling to the temperature in the room to the fireplace to the <laughs> i'd like to point out that my second note is this chick sounds like she's having an orgasm with that back rub. <laughs> <laughs> I, and um, at one point, Jaina says something like, anim- like uh, she basically tells her mom that she's doing animal grunt- grunts of pleasure. And I think that's that's like, I don't know if that's a good, that's not really lexicon per se, but she it's it so. Helps her appetite. Yeah, her I know. sexual appetite. <laughs> Just a little bit. I think she and the maid have something going on. We've got early sex spots or something. Although I mean, all of this. Hey, I- when in Rome. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I do have thoughts on like, and I, I know that I don't, I don't think that there's a great like overall meaning to this one, but I do think that there's some interesting things that you can pull from what, what Serling might try to be saying here, but that's hey, a thing I, I for later. Go for so it. go for it. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that like, she's, she sees all this stuff. You could either see it as people that are stuck in the past and, you know, they, they kind of hide themselves in the world. Like these rich people that have absolutely, no like you know they have it they're weighted on hand and foot and they, they kind of lose track of what the world is so from that perspective i do think you could see Jaina trying to pull them ahead into some form of like modern world but on the other side i think overall every part of this like at one point um one of them says let's see uh they talk about the way the robots are built for gardening or being a maid or whatever and it feels like a statement the way that that stereotypical rich folks look at poor people like oh, well, you're built to be a gardener. You're built for this. You're built for that. I'm not because I'm above that. There's that sense of entitlement that comes with, you know, a certain amount of people. Yeah, it, it's that, that I get. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, a lot of the a lot of people that were the butlers and stuff like that were definitely not of um, wealth and stuff like that. But it's just like, I don't know if Rod Serling was having a bad week with his wife or he was having a bad turn with his like, you know, person on the side or something like that. I'm, I'm joking. I, I'm sure he didn't, but <laughs> there's got, I know it's 1960 and women are written differently and stuff like that, but there has to be a point where even Rod Serling was going, do we, are we pushing the limits on this woman and her insufferable ability to be just a kind of a annoying i mean the stuff she says are atrophy atrophy and stuff like that and she it's just like oh my god well it's again i think you're going i think you're going for if you're looking at it from the perspective of just like rich spoiled kid that you know wants stuff her way i think you can see her as just you know any any rich spoiled brat in that perspective you know and and you get the parents that are doting and and you know they're they're they don't want to engage with the world and then the 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 daughter that's spoiled and thinks well i deserve all of this stuff because whatever i i think there is there is some discussion to be had in there amongst that i don't know that makes any sense Uh, cut it out if it doesn't (laughs) no it does actually you're making sense you're trying you're trying to make it sense and it's it's working somewhat 
Yay. I just thought it was somebody who is really tired of this same fucking routine every day. Yep, that's true too. That's another good way and to she see was it like, though. Oh my God, can we please do something else? They wanted, you know, they're old and they just wanted to be stuck in their ways. They wanted her to be a part of those ways. She was part of those ways. And she said, No, I'm young. I want to be free. I want to get out there and sex up a bunch of men and do a bunch of drugs. <laughs> Listen to Elvis. Exactly. <laughs> And how how deep were the um were the um ass indents in those two chairs in that drawing room for the mom I and noticed, dad? But that's pretty funny. Oh my god! Can you imagine? They're probably um, part of the chairs. They just kind of like just took like, became part of the chair. Basically, the chair became yeah. part of their ass. Well, that's a, that's actually a good question I have. Is are we looking from you know older individual point of views like? Could we see ourselves, you know how when you're a kid and you watch a, a movie with kids and you're like, you're with the kids and then you become an adult and you're actually with the adults instead of the kids. Is that what's happening here? Am I looking at this from a 40 year old point of view instead of a, you know, 20 some point of view? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just old. It depends I, on who I you identify with. I mean. Yeah, man. It's, you can identify with whatever you want. Yeah. So you ident- I identify, I identify with as a. The mirror. <laughs> I identify as a. 21 year old filipino i don't know i mean whatever (laughs) 21 year old sex pot also also where the hell was the pool boy robot he's a 21 year old filipino i am the pool boy robot hello (laughs) you had to wait for you had to wait till friends to see the the filipino boy uh, pool boy i brought my rod today miss lauren Yeah, it's um the old one, the the mother, you know, you, you can still you can tell something's weird and off about this episode just on the simple fact of how old the parents are. I'm not saying like you know this young girl is 20 and she wouldn't have like you know 50 year old parents, but they seem like they're in their 70s, maybe late 60s. Well, that, that was for... kind of that was more normal back then. I think is yeah. there came I mean, a time there parents... was a shift. Yeah, there was a shift where at some point around. Uh, World War II that parents started people started waiting longer to have kids and you had or you had multiple kids and it wasn't unheard of to see older parents like my parents are older yeah mine I are mean, too I was born before World War II but, or after World <laughs> War II but <laughs> Damn, you look good we're, 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 yeah I my know, parents were actually born during World War II but um you know that wasn't unheard of especially on TV even if it wasn't as predominant out in the world when it came to TV, the parents were usually like considerably older than the than the kids. Unlike yeah. today, you know, sometimes you'll see like a mom and a daughter walking, and you're like, "Are you guys friends? Like <laughs> close sisters?" I mean, which you know, I mean, they they I think they wanted to portray that that was like a way of like TV kind of or media kind of portraying the uh, you know wait a long time, don't have you know don't do the naughty naughty until you get much much older and you're ready to have children. Like... You're respectable. Well, and look at look at the way that people look though. Like I would not have pegged the Jaina as a twenty one year old. Like she looked thirty to me. And I know that like you look at people like I look at teenagers. Jaina. I'm sure you would have. <laughs> um, but look at like you know quote unquote teenagers in like any B movie of that era. Like they were they looked like they were in their thirties. Like there was no there was no teenager there. I'm <laughs> because <sorry>. they were. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> People back then, generally speaking, did look older. Well, that and I'm pretty sure she was probably 
damn near her thirties. I don't know how old she was in real life, but she, yeah. well, she did. She died That's... young. She died at thirty-five. Oh like shit! Ten years after this episode, because she apparently committed suicide or something like that. But... Was she in another? Was she in the um mirror image episode? Uh, she was in the hit. She was uh Nan Adams. Oh, holy shit! It's Nan Adams. Yes. She's returned. Was the was Adams? he dead? Holy or was the was the professor? He looked familiar too. Did you say that? was she still dead? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? I swear you said was she still dead? No, no, no. Wait. What was her dad? Like oh, the professor was he? Was he in another episode too? Uh, he looked really familiar. He was in Spartacus. Okay, uh, never mind. Desperately seeking Susan. D- disregard. Uh, I don't know. He looked. He looked familiar. Anyway, uh, neither here nor there. Disregard. 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 I disown. I disown. On the, uh, did you guys notice also, and maybe it was just me, maybe I was being really critical of the video because it was shot on video and it did stand out so much. Did it sound like they were using, and I don't know if video cameras of the 60s had these. I know they weren't like the ones that we had like in the 80s and 90s, but or even now, but did it sound like they were using like onboard mics too? like in-camera mics, which I don't know if that was a thing with video. Well, I mean, I guess well, I mean, it would because that was what was cheap about videos. Everything went to the tape, even back then. Because like I mean, VHS tape was pretty much the same as it was. Yeah, it was when supposed the, to cut a lot of costs. Yeah, so I mean, it's because like when somebody was, when they were right close to the camera, you heard them like normal. But if they're in the background, you know, they usually have like boom mics or something. I don't think they were using the same microphone setups because when they're over there they sounded very distant but not like in the way you want them to sound distant like in a scene they sounded like they were just far away from a fucking can- uh, uh like a, a mic instead and i don't know it, maybe maybe i was just being critical of all the technical aspects because i knew of the video thing and it there was no difference but it sounded different to me i think Always it did too critical. But... <laughs> that's what yeah, we're supposed to do son of a bitch son of a bitch um <laughs> can't like anything nope but let me ask you actually you guys about that the the idea of the videotape do you guys think it actually takes away from this episode or do you think it i mean it, it's really like uh jarring after watching so many episodes filmed actually on film like do you guys does it bo- did it bother you guys or do you feel like it it's not too bad like where do you guys stand on that i guess I okay um I so I looked at this and it it was the the quality of the of the video I mean that's that that's kind of like smacking you across the face of the fish it's hard not to notice it but more so than that for me was the lack of because Twilight Zone that we've seen up to this point it has interesting angles it has things that stand out as like I said before like if it's Dutch angles or you know, interesting shots. It's not just a studio camera setup, which this clearly was. The other thing I'd say is it felt like a stage play. And I guess, you know, a lot of sitcoms back at that point, you know, had that feel. Like when you see Rod Serling, they all leave the shot and then he kind of walks into shot and it felt like a, a theatrical production to me. I I don't, I'm, I'm split on this because honestly about halfway through the episode, I didn't notice it anymore. It, it didn't grow on me. I mean, if you called attention to it, I'd be like, yeah, you could tell. But I didn't notice it as much at first. Hell yes. Like literally the first <laughs> scene when it showed like that lightning and she's standing at the window. I was like, whoa, is this the first one? And then like the very next shot, I was like, yep, this is the first one. <laughs> this is fucking video. I didn't even have to look that fact up. No. And uh, I knew it right away. And it was at first. It was kind of jarring. Definitely looked different. 
I got to wonder, though, back then when people weren't used to seeing things shot on video, when it was all new and uh, they people didn't they didn't call it the soap opera effect because, you know, it's running at 60 frames a second. Yeah, like, yeah. I think I think mm-hmm. something like that. That's that's what makes it look weird. It's not I mean, yeah, it, it's a little bit. It is cleaner than a, a film of the time. I mean, there's that, a lot of noise, like, though. Like it was weird. Yeah, there, there's a lot of like noise in this episode. That's due to the degradation of the video yeah. itself, mm-hmm. though, I think, because you can see like like how it's in background and stuff where things are degrading and before it was put on digital. I don't think it looked like that originally. However, now we see things like that and we equate that look to cheap TV, to soap opera, soap opera mm-hmm. effect. Um, to shoot something in high frame rate is difficult to make it look like good. I think that movie mm-hmm. that uh, Ang Lee made, uh, The Gemini Man, yeah. they shot it with Will Smith. They shot it at 120 frames per second. And I, I didn't wow. get to see that in 120, but yeah, I heard I it did. was awesome. And I heard it looked good. But then you look at something like the second Lord of the Rings movie, or not Lord of the Rings, The, the Hobbit. The, the Hobbit movies, I saw the second Hobbit movie in 48 frames per second, high frame rate, and I hated it. I hated the way it looked. Uh, I just couldn't stand it. Um, I mean, after a while, you know, you just get over it, but it looked, it didn't look right. But I've heard that has to do with lighting and stuff. With this, though, back then, people didn't know. So when they saw it, I wonder well, if the, people yeah, didn't the black look and white at it helps. like... Yeah, but I mean, it's the movement. The move, yeah. it's all the... Well, mostly, to me, it's the frame rate. Like, if you went in and... I don't know, removed frames from this thing and made it 24 frames per second, I think you'd be hard-pressed to tell a difference. You'd probably be able to tell there's a bit of... Something looks more... Graphics, well, if you have graphics on there, like the the end credits, um, when they did... On my version... Um, they get wiggly. They, had, they get wiggly. They get kind of like the, the opacity of them is kind of funky. Um, then there's also That's like... True. On my version, there was... You get like the Twilight Zone open and then it goes to the... Whatever their auxiliary sponsor was... Um, and their logo came up and your, your, your solid blacks, like there's a lot of blown out stuff. Sure. Like they, they got to the end graphics um, and regarded again, it's, it's a small thing, but it was the CBS television studios logo. And it was when it came apart, the, the whites were so blown out. It was hard to I'd, tell. I would be interested to see, cause I, I think I could do that in editing. I'd be interested to take this episode, put it in there and reduce it down to 24 frames. That's not going to be real 24 frames. A, I don't know I, if you notice. curious if it would make a difference. When you film at 60 frames a second and you put it on YouTube, you get a lot of that like weird compression problems. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of the same thing here. I think if you even took it down to 24 frames, you're going to get a lot of weird movements and stuff like that. Um, well, yeah, because it was shot you, at 60 yeah. or whatever. Video. I think <laughs> it's like when they 60. film something, they, you know, pare it down to like 2K or whatever to put on screen. But I don't know if like when we see that, we equate that to not quality and we're like, oh, that looks bad. We see it and we automatically think cheap, um, especially going from film. And next episode is this. It's like, oh, no. We're used to seeing 24 frames per second shot on film or or down digital, but still mm-hmm. they try and make it look like film. Uh, I wonder back then if they saw it and they were just like, oh, look at that. It looks so smooth or it looks this or that. Did, I wonder if they thought it looked bad. I'm sure people obviously, could, you can tell a difference, but I do wonder what, how they took it. When they saw it back then, did they think it looked, did they equate that to low quality like we did? Because, you know, the video was very new then, so it wasn't, it didn't have a, a precedent, like a, a precedent of being 
you know, standing for low quality. It's like well, going from according... Blu-ray to 4K or something. Yeah, I mean, in some way, but like like you guys said, there's some things that didn't do well. You have some things are blown out, and it, while it looks smoother, it's it's not as uh, sharp either. Yeah, video's not as sharp as as uh, at first inspection. You're like, oh yeah, it's smoother looking, and it's not just like a video or a film is just a lot sharper. So you see all the edges and everything. With this, it's like kind of putting a gauze blur over all of it. Well, according to the trivia, um, so this was obviously one of six um, episodes shot on videotape. So each episode uh, was a cost of 65000 per episode was exceeding Damn. each budget. Um, so Back then, the that's episode- a lot. Oh, it's a huge amount. So as a result, six consecutive episodes were videotaped at um, CBS Television City and eventually transferred to 16 millimeter film for syndicated rebroadcasts so total edit or total savings on editing and cinematography amounted to only about 30k for all six entries not enough to justify the loss of depth of visual perception or visual perspective which made shows look which made the shows look like stage-bound live tv dramas or even daytime soap operas which at the time were quickly and cheaply produced the experiment was deemed a failure and never attempted again. So there must have, they must have looked at it and said, I mean, between the, the, the fact that they only saved 30K and the fact that they, they really couldn't match the quality, it sounds like they just kind of said, screw it. So they yeah, only saved it, around $4,500 an episode, give or take. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's funny that they, they're doing all this cost-cutting measures and nonsense, and this happens all the time, even today. And you end up getting a worse result out of, out of the situation. And you can see here, like I think, I hate to say this, but I think this episode would have been a better episode if it was filmed on film. I think just the the overly soap operaish nature, the very cheap looking nature, really takes away from the impact of what this episode is doing. Which actually, Triv, you brought up a really good point about what this episode is trying to do but like you know the the things that are really interesting is you know dr loren just talks about how this is like his life's work and you know he feels that it's important you know to help the the world with this kind of situation and she can't see that which we find out later on why that situation is but i don't know like you know we haven't even got to the opening narration because as we know it takes eight minutes or seven minutes to get to that opening narration but um I just never found I, I do think Rod Sterling's introduction to into this episode is kind of badass, but like um I just this whole first act and just this you know leading up to the opening narration, it just feels kind of half step from what we know from Twilight Zone. This feels like this feels like a sixteen millimeter shrine to be barely honest Ooh. to me, but so that's did, how, did that's, it did is that what you like though? Is that what took away more from you was not so much the story but the the look of it? Did you well not that well no did you ever the, like ha, like did you ever get to a point where you stopped paying attention to the like you stopped noticing the look of it? No, I, I, I really didn't, up? to be fairly honest. I, I really noticed it through the whole thing. And it's not you know, it's like the the Gemini Man thing, like you were talking about. I did see that in 120 frames a second. It was interesting, but I I think it's just the idea of just being cheap shows cheap you know if we were to i don't know do this and cardboard boxes and talk to you know <laughs> um, our phones or something like that which people Let's do, do it we're doing know. it next week yeah. <laughs> we're do it from cardboard boxes i'll just have a popsicle <laughs> with a face on it we're gonna do it over skype and we're gonna have our rendition of of the the, the lateness of the oh. hour and cardboard boxes. no no we're not even gonna do it over skype we're gonna do it over yahoo or aol messenger we're just gonna have like text hell yeah like that. 
<laughs> to, to to answer your question, <laughs> Jake, um, I I can say that like I did notice it, but it didn't like I I'm so used to like like quality of things that aren't very good. So you do kind of you see it, but you don't <laughs> yeah. see it. You know, you kind of got to get to the story and all the rest of it. You do kind of have to look past it. But I understand, you know, if you're used to a certain level of quality that it is hard to look past. Like it was more, like I say, it wasn't so much the videotape that got me. It was more the lack of what you expect of angles. And sure. like the fact that the, the best that they could do for this was like putting a camera up on the upper floor and watching the um, watching Jaina like toss a maid down the stairs. Now, well, that's that the other great. thing. Like, was that dude? Was that due to the limitations of the equipment back then? Because I don't know, like, you know, well, what like no video cameras were work. like back then. I would say or it was probably the 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 setup of the cameras because it was it was more than your basic studio setup, but it wasn't like what we were used to with with Twilight Zone in that respect. Well, sure. on top there were of no, that, like tracking shots or anything like that, right? Yeah, like the the the, the robots in this episode would have been. You know, they would puppetry and stuff like that. And there's none of that. You just kind of have to use your imagination. And when it comes to Twilight Zone, using my imagination doesn't really work out very well. Because, <laughs> you know, when they fall out two store or two inch windows and stuff like that, and you see their feet <laughs> as they're falling. It just doesn't work. But you know what? We, you know what we should do uh, since we've been waiting too long? I think I've, I think I think we've been talking for seven minutes now. Um, we'll go, <laughs> go ahead and do the opening narration uh, about 45 minutes All into right. the podcast. Right on. <clears throat> <laughs> The residence of Dr. William Lauren, which in it, which is in reality a menagerie of four machines. I can't read tonight. We're about to discover that sometimes the product of man's talent and genius can walk amongst us untouched by the normal ravages of time. These are Dr. Lauren's robots built to function to functional as well. Okay, that's a typo. Built to function as well as artistic perfection. Oh, I, I, never mind. It's not a typo. I'm fucking this all up. Okay, built to functional as well as artistic perfection. You're making but in a moment, proud. <laughs> but in a moment, <laughs> Dr. William Lauren, wife and daughter, will discover that perfection is relative, that even robots have to be paid for, and very shortly will be shown exactly what is the bill in the Twilight Zone. <sighs> because anal. <laughs> because i'm the bill yeah. is anal <laughs> and you i think, think mrs think... lauren would be okay with that i'm thinking Primed so too ready <laughs> she had that sex bill the sex oh, yeah. bit. um but okay so with that out of the way that's, that's a lot of words that i can't comprehend at this very moment just ravages of time robots is a lot of words um ravages. <laughs> Before we get into the second act, which is kind of another you know, whatever, uh, what do you guys think about this first act? I'm I, me personally. I'm not gonna go into more too much more detail. I don't like this episode. Uh, you can't convince me otherwise. I think this episode is terrible, um, just on every single level. Um, you said, is it just the videotape? It's not just a videotape. I just don't feel. Either Rod Sterling was getting very frustrated with CBS or he just did, wasn't feeling this episode, which happens in seasons where there's like 30,000 episodes in a season. You're going to have those episodes that are not great. But this it's just there's so much here that could be better explored in different circumstances. And you, here you're just given like a, like one life to live or general hospital Twilight Zone. So that, <laughs> that's where I'll that's where I'll leave it. I'll let you guys 
discuss what you think. Go ahead, Jake. La- ladies first. Oh, okay. This is um, the outer limits. I, <laughs> you know, I, I had some, I guess, questions more than anything else. Like she talks about wanting to leave the house. Is there something that stops her from leaving the house? And I, I don't know. Like there, there were just questions of if, if it was something where it's not like the doors were locked. Um, I, I can see, I can see why, like the robots, why the robots looked human, because I think that that was part of the thing was to make sure that they looked as human as possible. But you really never got a sense of the robot side of them, even besides the fact that they didn't really do a lot of, you know, a lot of emotion and such. I just, I don't know. Like I'm torn on it because there is merit. I think there is something to be said for the story, you know, for the, for the story behind it, but I don't think it was as well executed as it could have been. Okay. Well, let's do this shit. Let's do this shit. Oh man. He's going to, so, he's going to put this above per chance to dream. I can tell already. <laughs> okay. So as far as the first half of this episode, um, okay. The video thing that that was jarring as soon as it came on and it did take me a few minutes to like not, focus on that but i was able to and uh try and pay attention to the story and the the video thing i try not to hold against it i mean we're rating the whole episode so yeah it's a knock against it i guess because it's there it is what it is it's a technical limitation as far as the story and what's going on in it i'm gonna try not to hold it against that too much because it's not their fault they had to do that it is what it was when it comes to that i agree that it definitely it it was very vanilla in its production and it was a lot i think triv said it best is like a stage play i think triv said that Triv, one of you guys said that i did yeah it was very like like a, a recorded stage play and there wasn't any interesting angles or even really music i mean it was just very hey here's some people in a room fixed camera angles record it when it comes to the story up to the halfway mark i, mean, I was all right with it honestly i didn't mind it I was I was wondering what was going on. I mean, it took me a few minutes to realize. I mean, I thought these people, the the woman in there giving her like the orgasmic back massage and the butler scene, something was off, but it took me a few minutes to notice, oh, they're robots, okay. And uh, I was on board with it. I wasn't like, oh, this is the best episode ever, but I was like, okay, cool. Let's see where we're going. Let's see what they're going to do with this. So for that first bit there, she, I think they showed, they demonstrated that these people the parents are wanting to do the same thing every single day and never deviate from their their uh routine and the girl was just like let me out of this prison i want to go do something this is can we please do something else i thought in the beginning there was something going out on out in the world and we didn't know about it like i kind of wondered that ended. too. yeah that's what i thought was going on it's like oh they're stuck in here but then we're gonna see that post-apocalyptic outside or something and they're just fortunate enough to be stuck within these walls or something like that i was as my gears were turning i was trying to figure that what was going on and i thought maybe something like that but it wasn't so yeah i mean i was cool with it i mean not we don't get a lot of revelations in the first half besides these are robots robots um and we just know that she wants out and she's like i was yeah i was fine with it i was fine with it up to this point yeah it's i'm glad you guys are more (laughs) optimistic than i am because i uh 
I am going to go alone in this one. I'm going to die on this hill. But um, did you remember this episode? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, I knew I knew this episode. It's, it's one of those episodes I, I try not to remember, but I remember. Um, we're hitting a couple episodes that I'm not like big fond, big fans of, real fond of. But the second act is basically the revelation. Um, she is threatening to leave Jenna. Jana. I keep calling her Jenna, but it's Jana, which is a weird name for a woman in the '60s. Usually, it's like Margaret or uh saskatchewan or i, I don't know saskatchewan <laughs> that's a city ethel <laughs> uh, ethel 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 yeah we'll go with ethel Not no, saskatchewan. uh onomatopoeia Second you know. <laughs> but she she's threatening to leave and, and she won't leave or i guess she won't leave until the robots are kind of taken down to the basement and uh uh they can i don't know she she doesn't want robots in her life anymore she wants to be fun and fancy free you know she wants to go on like you said taking trips to have grandchildren and be fun and anyways um so the robots complain that they're being set down to the basement and the guy's like look go down the basement wait down there you know for 50 minutes i'll send the mother down there you can have a sex party and do whatever you need to do and (laughs) it's it's they never said what was in that basement. No, <laughs> no they, they didn't. didn't. Couldn't be a sex dungeon. That that's the tales for rich the people's episode. weird man. <laughs> that they are. That they are. <laughs> hey, I, I was going to ask you, Jacob. Is this the tales from the crypt episode? Is that what happened in the basement? It's a sex dungeon. If it was the tales from the crypt episode, that is what would have happened. <laughs> they would have gone down there and it would have been uh, just a sexual robot orgy, just oil and grease all over the place. Yeah, oh, man. It'd be like the the Matrix version of the Tales from the Crypt, like <laughs> dancing and stuff. The, um, the Zion dance. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But basically, she comes down to she finally comes down from her room and the she starts talking about grandchildren and taking trips and the 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 mother's upset by this statement because you know they know what's going on and the father tries to the father is very much trying to deflect the whole situation. He's trying to make her at ease, Jana at ease by not making her realize what's actually happening. And to be fairly honest, if you can kind of see it coming, if you really think about it, but she, she pulls out the the photo book or the photo, whatever book or whatever. And she's like, why do I not have any pictures of here of me in here? And they're like, Oh, there's pictures of you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, it's not me as a young kid. And, um, you can kind of figure it out before then yeah well that's what i'm saying like it's kind of obvious if you think about it like the way the father talks in this episode it's like he he's the way he builds he builds to perfection he builds to you know people to have a specific role but he talks about how he never had they were never able to conceive kids and stuff like that children she knows she realizes that she of course is the uh a robot She's a robot. She's an android. I, She's a machine. Now, I thought that was I thought that was a stretch. I will say that because I, I did being a viewer of this episode, knowing something's going on. Yeah, sure. I was thinking stuff. And I remember they were standing by the stairs and I think it was right before she went upstairs or he had just come downstairs and done that little beeper thing in his pocket. And yeah, that's when I thought I was like, she's a robot, I bet. And uh, but when she the way she comes to the conclusion is she runs and starts getting picture books and all this and like looking through them i'm like I, that's a stretch you you went there real quick i don't know if i like in real life if this is happening if even if there were robots in my life i wouldn't just automatically go to i think i'm a robot well <laughs> and why all of a sudden and i know that it was kind of brought up but it was sudden yeah it, it was, it, really was sudden. it was just like 
something oh shit (laughs) i mean even even she talks about how she doesn't feel pain she doesn't feel love wouldn't you to know what those are even in concept and to say to not have some line about oh well you know why doesn't it hurt when i stab myself that just I think there's a lot of missed opportunities as to what they could do to have her discover that like that should have been, and I know we're dealing with, you know, lower budgets and all that kind of stuff, but it feels like there was a lot of missed opportunities on ways to have her come to that realization. Cause I, I had it like, I was just like, Oh, I, I, you know, okay. That's a robot. That's a robot. She's probably a robot. Well, that's why I like shows like Westworld that deal with this kind of stuff where some of the characters you find out aren't actually human they're hosts they're androids or whatever you want to call them and i like the idea of that i know this is 2018 2016 whenever westworld started but it, it i like the idea of like somebody being created to do something specific not knowing that they're robots or androids or hosts or whatever and coming to that realization that's what they are and you get that kind of cool you know cool kind of revelation but here it's like like I said, I I mean, even though I've seen this episode before, it's like it's so obvious that she's a robot, a robot, robot, or whatever. And then it's obvious that the things she's doing, the way she's acting are maybe flaws in the system, because, you know, you can't build a perfect robot. It just doesn't well, happen. You can't build a perfect Android they, host, whatever. Are they flaws in the system or was she designed mm-hmm. to be more like having a free will and kind of be but able to she, make her own decisions? She doesn't have free will. That's the problem. She wants to leave. She, why can't she leave? Cause she doesn't have free will. If she had free will, she would have left a long time ago and said, I'm going to go start my own you know, casino with blackjack and hookers. You know what? Forget the hookers, you know, that type of oh, thing. Yeah. It's just, I want to see that episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we saw uh, that episode, uh, you know, when uh, the one guy went to hell. Okay, so yeah. we're all we're all saying, oh, all of us picked up on the fact that she's a robot. Yeah. Before the show let us know she's a robot, whether that was the show's intention or not, or the episode's intention. Is that because because I don't know that we've seen that gag countless times by this point in 2022, but 1961 or two or whatever it was, was that that I feel would that it would have been a newer thing than it is now. I don't know, had that been done before? where a person or a robot didn't know they were a robot or was this like a trendsetter in that and if so would the audience we're saying that because we've seen that trope before right would the audience back then have you even thought of that would it have been kind of like a oh shit moment for them because that just hadn't even popped and that wasn't part of the zeitgeist well that's the thing i'm thinking about is what's that show where you have like number one number two it only lasted like one season for like 13 episodes, but it was, um, oh God, what was it called? Taking a piss and shitting, number one and number two. What? <laughs> no, 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 no. There's, there's the Unix from series. Ice Pirates. Oh, Jesus. Oh. No, there's a TV series. There's a TV, famous TV series that at the end you find out that every, every number person is a clone and the guy didn't realize what was going on. It was that type of stuff. What the fuck is that show? It's a famous show. You can't, Not that it, famous. it was in the. <laughs> it was like in the 60s no no it was it only lasted one season but it was actually a really famous show but um it's the same thing here i think there's always been the idea of like not knowing you know having a show or a movie do this kind of thing like i guess one of the green was in the 70s wasn't it? maybe this is original fuck it i don't know i mean i'm, I'm thinking think of... the way the way that robots were kind of talked about before this and like metal machines uh, yeah exactly that's that's what i kind of thought too i was trying to think back and i, I know that there were probably there a terminator movies, movie or, or not back in the 50s <laughs> as bishop likes to be preferred to as synthetic humans 
Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I because I'm trying to think like you didn't. I'm even trying to think like the the sci-fi shows of that era. I I, I don't remember seeing anything where like where someone was a robot but yet still looked human by and large. Like I'm thinking like Little Wonders, but that was 80s. Um, I mean, sure the that- Twilight Zone has had it. Look at the girl in the first episode I showed up on. Yeah, but they true. knew she was a robot. That was well, and you saw the inside. You saw the inside workings yeah. of the robot. It wasn't just this person just, we label a robot, you know. And I think it was more common back then for a robot to either a be some guy wrapped in tinfoil and look like the fucking wood cutting guy on Wizard of Oz, or b be a humanoid looking person with some like mechanical looking stuff. But they were like, yeah. nee, 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 nee. well, Allergy had, had a had the robot like the one guy was a robot, but nothing ever. You didn't ever see anything that was robotic, really. Oh yeah, I guess so. Well, he never really said. I guess he was a robot. He said, "I'm." I guess you would call me a robot because right, he was like right. from some other dimension right. or, or planet or something like that. Yeah, true. I don't know, sir. I don't know. I was just wondering. I don't know if it was as common a, a trope then. So maybe back then when it was made, because that happens a lot. You know, we watch things now from the viewpoint of 2022, and we're like, "Yeah, I know exactly what's going on here." Um, maybe back then they didn't. Maybe then it was more of a oh my oh my god, she's a robot. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I mean, could you equate something like this to like some of the things that happened in Lost, like some of the off the kilter things that you hadn't seen previously? Hey, I'm gonna have to stop you there. I like Lost. No, I'm just. I, like I mean, Lost. generally, but like <laughs> some okay. of the things that some of the things like that Lost happened, too. like the way the way that they went about it, would that be kind of a good um, way to? compare the two i I would say yes but i think loss was doing something in the spiritual metaphysical realm and more than creating creating a robot that you kind of just kind of you know what what? i mean just from the perspective of things that hadn't been seen previously so like i I never watched the show but like you know oh my god i can't believe they did this it's been done since then but it wasn't done all that much previously yeah Yeah, like if you went back and watched lost now maybe there might be i don't know that show's fucking out there but i know what you mean like you watch things that came out with that we when we saw them we were like oh man i would have never the matrix being stuck in a machine yeah nobody could figure out what the fuck that was when it was coming out we saw it and everybody like i mean i got a lot of people got it some people were like i just don't understand it now the whole idea of a machine running everything and us being virtually in a machine is like that's in everything Right. Or Blair Witch or yeah. Yeah, things um, like that. I say the TV show I was thinking about was a prisoner. Oh, I know it. Yeah, he's on an island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I've never seen that. He's oh yeah. It, that was sixties oh. or I think that was the seventies. But he's on an island and no nineteen sixty seven. Okay. Yeah, he's he's yeah, I remember that. I don't remember much about it. I just remember he's on an island and he is trying to get off of it. He's can like we, a secret agent or something. Oh. Can we just say the most depressing TV series series finale is Dinosaurs. Yep, yep, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, we'll go. We'll, we'll go with that. So yeah, I mean, the weirdest part about this episode is not that she finds out she's a robot. It's what they do with her when she finds out she's a robot. <laughs> That's pretty great. <laughs> um, I don't want to lose her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what are you gonna do? I need a do? back rub too, by the way. <laughs> You go get a maid's outfit and we're going to reprogram you, make you into a maid. I'm like, so does that mean like some of the robots that they're working with are actual made children that they had at one point? And they all went insane. Like possibly that, but it also answers one of the questions. Uh, I know Triv asked a minute ago, maybe both of you did when she's on the top of the steps doing her whole, uh, 
her best Oscar winning performance. And she's like, no pain, no pain. It's like, so you've never felt pain your whole life, however long she's Oh, alive. she was she was beating on wood in that. Yeah. <laughs> she's beating the wood. I feel that ain't supposed to be painful, baby. You've beaten that wood. It's supposed to feel good. But no, um, the, he has the capability to re- reprogram them. So maybe he, maybe there had been times in the past when she was like, hey, I just, you know, stabbed myself in the forearm or something and it didn't hurt. What the hell's going on here? And he wiped it off her, out of her memory or something. Since he can go in, apparently, and change what's going on in her noggin. So maybe. Why well, put. I put in my notes, they made Jana into a housekeeper and now she gets off her own mother. What the fuck is this episode? <laughs> well, the other thing is too, yeah. they start calling her Nelda, which was the, the servant's other name. Chick. Yeah. Right. So like they it was almost like, um, okay, we have a we have a we're we're not gonna take the time to, you know, screw her. You know, she's she's still a loving, you know, daughter thing, but you know, we're just going to change her name and call her Nelda because I can't be bothered to, you know, call her. There might be something there too. I mean, is she really, because they talk about how you're our daughter after the cat's out of the bag and they're like, we love you regardless of, you know, your robot or not where you came from. We love you as our daughter. I don't feel like a daughter you love because then they're like, I can't live without her. I want her in the house. Do they want their daughter in a house or do they just want this specific robot? There's just like this, this bag of bolts. It looks like this person, she's in there just, uh, clearly she's like lobotomized, like rubbing, does that feel good, madam? That kind of thing. And like, I mean, did they really love her or did they just love the convenience of, you know, these little conveniences that they've created? Do they love her more or this lifestyle they've created? It's probably, yeah, sorry. No, so the the real question is, are they terrible people? Well, and the, you could, you could ask that from a couple different perspectives. You could, you could see that as, like the butler robot says, sir, I've, I've given you, you know, however many good years, I've always been a faithful butler. And it's like, well, I'm going to get rid of all of them. They wouldn't like, he could have left them in the basement because she never goes to check. And it, it seems like, like love is a very different concept to what, you know, you would call love. It seems like, yeah, like it, it's love from a, like, I love my toaster or whatever. Love my yeah. toaster. It makes me bread. Yes. I feel so They're great. I like it to toast. I, I like it to toast. Um, but yeah, that I mean, in the end, that's the episode. Like, um, what do you guys think? We didn't talk about something, and we need to talk about it. Yes. God, what do we have to talk about? Right before, it's before the reveal. She's at the top of the stairs. She's running away from her father. She's like, leaving this place. Fuck you. I'm out of here. I'm going to see Elvis. <laughs> and, and do heroin and all the stuff from my do. panties at guys <laughs> yeah 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 um have sexy time and that one maid gets in her way and she, she straight just threw that bitch down the stairs <laughs> and that and, and that, and that, was, that maid was like we say no she was, like, get, she was getting off on that shit she loves the snm man i'm telling yeah. you grabbed her, <laughs> she was about to like strangle her i thought and she grabbed her and went ah and like threw her down the fucking stairs i just laughed my ass off that was uh, that was that was great dude there were a lot of there were a couple moments that were whether they were meant to be funny or not they they genuinely were like when yeah like the the orgasms the animal grunts of pleasure at the open the um Uh, the uh, the falling down the stairs thing um well the grunts were in the background too it would be like on the daughter and i can't remember her name and the, the the dad talking and the mom was in the same room but she wasn't in frame and a lot of times 
if someone's not in frame and two people are having a conversation, all of the noise in the room kind of ceases unless it's ambient or something. But no, you still hear that's what I cracked up because she's making the noises when it shows her. And I'm like, damn, she's really into that back rub. But then even when she's not in the shot, and they're sitting there talking. You hear in the background, he's like, yes, daughter, this, this. Uh, uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spank and me, daddy. I'm like, God damn, this chick is really into That's one of the other reasons I thought maybe they were using some type of like open mic that was just picking up everything in the room and not like a boom. <laughs> because it's just she was just in there still like really into the, the scene. And they're over here like. Shut up, Glenda. We're trying to do our scene here. You're <laughs> trashing our shots. She's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but with that said, um, outside of the SM and uh, orgasm, stuff like that, what do you guys think of the episode? I'm still on the terrible route, but what do you guys think? It's not the worst episode, it's not the best. I mean, I, I'm not going to put it, I don't think I'd probably put it as low as you're probably thinking but i do think that there are messages that you can take from this and maybe that's just me looking at it weird um jake brought up a good way to look at it too i i don't know like the opening like i say i don't remember this episode but like the opening um narration made me think that it was going in a different direction than it did and i wish it had gone more towards like because when i heard it i thought okay every robot needs to be paid for and all i could think was okay you got these robots you know, they're, they're doing, you know, orgasmic, you know, tantric back rubs and, you know, all that kind of stuff and being tossed downstairs and keeping a smile on their face. All I could think was that they're going to rebel and they're going to kick some ass. And then, you know, they're going to make the the people serve them. And I wish it had gone in some kind of direction like that. Cause I felt like for all of the stuff that this episode had like quality and technical stuff aside, there was so much that could have been done with this to make it interesting. And I it was so lacking for me. I'd like to point out also, just before I get my, my final friggin' thoughts. Uh, I do think that another way to look at this episode along the lines of what I was saying that, you know, it is more or less this girl who's like, God, this is such a mundane life. I just, I want out of it. I'm sick of this regime or routine uh, and regime. But I think Sterling played with these things quite a bit where it was like, you know, robots and being sentient and things like that it was a different time so that whole thought process was probably pseudo new new it newer than it is now obviously i think he was probably trying to say you know you give something life even if it's mechanical i mean like the mighty casey you give something life and you want to control it if you give it true life like an actual a brain something to think with think it for itself at some point in time, its ideals and ideas and what it wants to do, its wants may not align with yours. And you can't have both. You can't have a subservient slave or a, a machine that does your bidding, but also have one that acts like a real human that that has its own thoughts and feelings. Because at that point, you do just have a slave that you're forcing to do this thing. So it's like, you know, it's... It, she wants out because they don't really mention AI or anything like that. Cause I don't even think that was a term back then. No. That's basically, that's what I, I guess she kind of had AI to a degree or something because she was able to, unless all that was like detailed, like just programmed into her to act that way. I'm assuming it was something she was sentient. She had her own thoughts. 
and she wanted out of the situation and they just wanted her to stay there within the comfort. They didn't want a daughter. They wanted a fixture. They wanted someone to say, this is our, our good little child who does what speak when spoken to. And that's it. That ain't how kids are. That's not how people are. This being, be it traditional life or not, had its own ideas and wanted its own thing. And they were just so controlling it. And it went to the point to where it showed that, you know, they didn't really care about her. They cared about the convenience of having that thing, that possession within their home and having control over it. So I don't even think it does do that is. well. I, I don't even think it even accomplishes I didn't say that. Well. I think, huh? But <laughs> I, I agree with Jake. I think it did. It did. Because there was, you know, they they talk about comforts and the fact that, they, I mean, they don't move for by and large. I mean, the, the, the dad gets up and moves around some, but by and large, like, like I said before, like the, the butt marks in their chairs were yeah. pretty freaking deep. Yeah. They didn't want a daughter. They wanted a, a, a fixture. They wanted yeah. a thing that did what it was supposed They wanted another, and that's what they made. They wanted another subservient robot you know thing that did what it's their bidding they, they wanted, wanted something it on else to serve team. them yeah they wanted something to serve them and what they want hey we we want to be served we want a daughter we want we like the idea of a daughter they wanted the idea but they didn't want an actual child and i don't really think that was love they said oh i think they probably thought i mean within the world this world they thought they loved her but no i don't think they really did if they did they would you know okay go out into the world you look real enough Throw your panties at Elvis. But um, all that being said, as far as like the whole episode, I know I said that uh, to the halfway point, I was I was fine with it. I was okay with it. I was wanting to see where it went. Um, after that, it definitely had its issues. Like uh, her, the revelation she has that she's a robot. I just, that was a stretch. I didn't see her going there that quick. It seemed like she went there real quick. Um, and I don't see how she put those puzzle pieces together. I mean, I understand it's a short episode. You got to move things along. So I'll give him a little bit of a pass on that. The episode, well, we could talk about things that it had to say. I don't think it had as many things to say as a lot of Twilight Zone episodes do. I think there's a little bit there, but it was nowhere near as much social commentary as we usually get. I don't know if that was because they were so focused on the new technical aspects of the show, which that may have been. This is an all new way of of shooting these things. So maybe they were just kind of wrapped up in that. And the creative side of things kind of, I don't know how much of these show or episodes is kind of done on the fly like the creative side of things i don't know if it was like heavily scripted and they were just like Sterling was like do not deviate from the script or if it was kind of like they get there and they're like hey let's do this let's do that and maybe that was something special for twilight zone that's what made it special and then on this one they were just like hey we, we don't even know how these fucking cameras work but um at the end of it all the basic story i didn't hate it kind of like trish said it's not the best one but it's far from the worst i mean i enjoyed it Honestly, it had its issues, but I mean, I, I didn't hate watching it by the end of it. I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. It's fine. I'm not going to put it in top 10 or anything like that. I think it's better than Perchance to Dream. Oh, God. I was wondering where that would go. That's a bold but, statement, sir. But, but um, I, I don't have the list in front of me right now. We'll see it in a minute, I'm sure. But I am sure that there's something, unfortunately, under Perchance to Dream that is, I think, is better than this one. Because perchance the dream is somehow in the wrong spot by far. But yeah, I don't think it's the worst. I know that you were talking about 16 millimeter shrine. I think it's better than 16 millimeter shrine. Just base level, take all the technical shortcomings out of it, which I know that is part of this part of the experience. You can't totally distance it from that. 
but just the story itself i mean i i also i do try and look at these things like how were things back then when it came out and i think that this whole idea of this this person not knowing their this robot not knowing their robot we we share that revelation with them i think that would have been much more like like more of a mic drop drop moment back then so that's pretty neat i mean i will say that where i don't know i think they were that that where they go with it and they make her a maid and i knew that's what was going on when it showed her the mom sitting there all framed in close and like the hands i was like that's they made the daughter Mm her i thought that was like weird i was like okay that they did that but um i like i said i think they were trying to say something with that i think they were either trying to say something like trip said earlier about the classes and things like that and how they viewed people through these robots or like i said it was it was kind of a they don't really care for this thing they just are more interested in the idea and not actually having it they it doesn't fit inside of their neat little bubble and if you're not subservient to them then you don't have a place in their life which means obviously they have never had children nope. <laughs> because they don't work that way in the slightest but yeah i thought it was i thought it was, i definitely liked it more than you did nick i think we both did. i think you both did actually <laughs> Uh, I don't have such a disdain for it. I don't know what this show did, what this episode did to you. I mean, we could talk about it afterwards. You can. Well, we can ask you. the same was, thing about you and you. perchance to dream. It, it hurts you. It, oh, I've been very vocal about that, but I, I feel know like you one, have. This one hurt Nick somehow. It, it touched him <laughs> in places it weren't. It wasn't supposed to. <laughs> you can tell us about it off air, but um, exactly. no, I, 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 I think that we. I liked it more than. I don't know. I, I feel like it's a middle of the road episode. I was entertained by it. I mean, that's 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 a a big plus for me. And with that said, uh, Jacob, hit us with <laughs> the uh, closing narration. His response was okay. about like when he starts saying, "Hey, let's talk about porn," and there was just like crickets. <laughs> His response was like, "Anyway, so yeah, it's going in uh, number forty-two, right? Forty-two, right? Everybody agree, right? Good. We'll be like, ah, click, cut." Exactly. So we all agreed exactly. 42 and we'll be muted. You'll see us like exactly. <laughs> Actually, the you guys' camera feeds will disappear. I'm like, where'd they go? Oh my god, I we'll get be... to do this on my own. This is awesome. We'll just be frozen, like <laughs> but hey, can you guys just both give me a thumbs up real quick? All right, cool. <laughs> this actually reminds me of the uh the uh discourse before uh Eye of the Beholder. I'm actually surprised that he left us on for that. That we're still alive, like being yeah, that he's got mafia ties. At least it's a good episode from from Miami. I'm surprised that uh, that we're still mm-hmm. both alive, Jake. Some Cubans are going to come up here and take our asses out. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'm not even that no. far. I'll be first. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna start our own podcast crisis, fifth dimension crisis. <laughs> fifth dimension, right. the fix. Let this be the postscript. Should you be worn out? By the rigors of competing in a very competitive world if nope. you're distraught from having to share your existence with the noises and neurosis of the 20th century if you crave serenity but want it full time and with no strings attached get yourself a workroom in the basement and then drop a note to dr and mrs william loren their childless couple who may comfort a life's work, and maybe there are a few. Maybe there's a few do-it-yourself pamphlets still available in the Twilight Zone. But they they tried to do something there, you know. They tried. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, 
Okay. Um, so with that said, I think we'll, <laughs> I think, I think we'll end it there on this episode. I think we had to yeah. rank it, don't we? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Were you just hoping next. to do that? He was trying to like get past this and be like, "Well, that's <laughs> the end of the episode, guys." Then we're like, "Wait." Afterwards, weren't we supposed to rank it? Why is it last place? <laughs> All of a sudden, there's just an explosion and it goes to black and it says, uh, "Jacob it, yeah. and Triv will not be returning." <laughs> yeah, you guys remember you guys said. Uh, you agree wherever I wanted to put it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's so cute. <laughs> um, oh. no, no, that's actually where I was heading next. But uh, anyways, let's go ahead. You and were headed to, to the. Uh, oh my gosh! Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, let's head into the Twilight Zone ranking list, the greatest list ever known to man. Uh, no list is better than uh, the one we make up. Okay, so here's where I'm going to start. Um, I think this episode is worse than the Mighty Casey. And I think it's a better mm. than the thing about machines, but mm. that's where I'll start. Ooh. Ooh. The mighty Casey so is number 44. Is mighty Casey is 37. And the thing about machines. That was the one where the guy, oh, the with the fucking car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, this could yeah. be worse than judgment night. I mean, I, I don't know. What uh, what about you, Triv? Where do you start? Hmm. I could. I think 30, 30 or below is, is a good kind of starting place for this. Um, Cause it's kind of middle of everything. Uh, so I was looking at like IMDB ratings and it listed it above. So uh, King or King nine will not return was 6.5. And this one was 7.1 according to however many, you know, ratings. Uh, I could see it around big tall wish kind of. Damn, how did the lonely get all the way to 31? Um, oh, that middle portion, yeah, because not, nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> so he had sexy time with the robot. Yeah, yeah and they play they play chess with bolts. Well, yeah. I don't even think that this episode is not better than Mr. Denton on Doomsday. Really? Uh, no, not even close. I actually think this would be, if I were to rank this with my own, I'd put this at like 42. That's just imagine me. that holy crap i would have never under guessed. the four of us are di- oh above the four of us are dying yeah below 16 millimeter shrine i'd rather watch 16 millimeter shrine than this nonsense again Damn. oh wow All right. jake where do you think uh i have fond memories of the lonely well yeah because you were with us i mean robot gets shot in the face i mean hell yeah they actually show a robot they don't just <laughs> make thin, thin air observations and weird smiling robots. Damn, I thought it would be higher than this. I like this more than I really did not like. I, I Big Tall Wish. I appreciated what they were doing there. We've talked about this before. We talked about it on that episode. But I just I didn't care for that episode. It was just such. A, it, I had a hard time paying attention to that episode, and not because of who was in it. It's just it was boring. So I definitely like this more than that. King Nine will not return. I like this more than King Nine will not return. I thought King Nine will not return. Like the end was just kind of limp noodle, which this kind of was, but I enjoyed this one more than that. I really like the lonely though. And then when the sky was open, is that is that the one where the two guys people start disappearing and he goes to like the uh, bar? Yeah, that's that one. Uh, hmm, because that's where you were, Triv. Right? It was around thirty. Uh, I was. I was around. I said below thirty was kind of where I was thinking. I, I ideally speaking, said around King Nine will not return. I'm gonna say if I would if if it was totally up to me, I'd put it at thirty. 
because I liked it maybe just about the same as and when the sky was opened. I I don't know thirty thirty one. I'm writing there thirty thirty one. I can't go above the lonely, but I guess you know if I had to compromise, sons of bitches. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean I do thirty two. Like like I because I, I, I would did put like this like below big tall wish or maybe above it. I definitely I like, like Mr. It more than I like Mr. Dent on Doomsday so much better than this episode though. I think Mr. Dent on Doomsday is a little underrated, but that's just me. We rated it at thirty five. Actually, you guys did. That was that was before I was on here. It, it was number one at one point. Yeah. What was, was it the it? first episode? Wait, no. <laughs> no, it was like the second. Well, no, like, yeah, you're right. Second or third. I think it was the second yeah, episode but... of the series. Yeah. Well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, so that's not really saying much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like saying, you know what? The first episode was number one at one point in time. Yeah, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> well, it's like saying it's the number one comedy in the nation, and there's only one comedy that came out. That yeah. Oh, actually, I am wrong. Actually, it was never number one. Actually, one for the angels was number one for a little while. Yay. This is honestly this is so so here's where I sit with this one. And this isn't gonna help anything one way or the other, but this is one of those episodes that I appreciate what it did, but I it just kind of was blah for me. You know, there was so much stuff that should have been done. I appreciate the messages. It's very middle of the road. But that's that's the problem though. Like the big tall wish may not have the greatest story, but I don't think it's blah. I think this episode is just like it feels like a it feels like a soap opera. It feels like the Twilight Zone soap opera. You know, <laughs> power half hour. You know, bless you. Um, bless you. I'd be I mean, fine. I mean, we're you putting were this episode little... above Walter Jameson. Just, just think I'm about okay that. with that. <laughs> Walter Lord. Jameson sucked. I didn't like the end of Walter Jameson, but I, I, I did like. I like that Walter Jameson up to about the halfway mark. Once that old lady got involved, I was like, okay. But um, yeah, I mean, I would, I'd be fine. I, you said, you mentioned the lonely and I, I do. I like the lonely just a bit more than this one. I'd go right under the lonely, but I mean, we can keep going. If you guys outvote me, that's fine. I did like it more than Big Tall Wish, but who cares what I think? Oh, suck it up, cupcake. So is this episode this one is actually, worse than King Nine? There was more to King Nine, I feel like. Like there was more mystery. Like they didn't come out and said, "Oh, look, robots." Like the more we talk about it, I would thirty-two is where I'd go. But it's up above, to you guys. Above King Nine, yeah, I like. I mean, overall as an episode, King Nine was. I mean, it was fine. I didn't think it was bad, but it was just kind of meh. the end yeah. did not do it. The end of King Nine did not do it for me. It was almost a little too vague. It was almost like, "What are you commit? What are you saying here? What are you committing to?" I don't feel like you're committing to anything. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't really commit to shit. So I was just kind of like, I don't like when they do that. I like them to either take a stance or leave it in a way, an interesting way to where it gets your gears turning. And and that did not do that for me. So the more we talk about it, the the slightly lower it gets for me. And I (laughs) I need to shut up another part. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's just like I think it through in my head and it's because this is an episode I haven't seen up to, to this point. And it's probably not going to be one I'm ever going to watch again. Not because it's good or bad. I just don't have any. There's nothing to draw me back to it. Oh, yeah. I'll never watch this episode again. Yeah. Unless I join is... another podcast. Right. Twilight Zone <laughs> rankings in 20 years. And this sounds terrible. And I know I already said where I'd put it. But I'm almost with Nick. I'd, I'd put it below, like right below um, Mr. Denton on Doomsday, which I know drops it further down than we had initially talked about. But I don't yeah, know. I have no problems with that. <laughs> well, of course you don't it's I mean, like him I'm, and uh perchance to dream 
I'm not going to be terribly offended if it goes down. Like there. that's kind of where I I don't mean to be like a bitch and be like oh well I was here but now I'm down there but that's kind of I what mean, I'm thinking. I, that's what I have happens the perfect on this show. I have the perfect guest starring role for you in the uh, an episode called The Lateness of the Hour. Oh Jesus! Shush, shush. Um, I feel no pain, no pain, no pain, no love. Here's your here's your Emmy. Here's your Emmy. <laughs> animal um, grunts of pleasure i mean for so... orgasmic like back massages alone like i want to sign up for that i mean it was entertaining um, you gotta say that it had moments yeah walking mm. record players was also a good one but uh. <laughs> but that should be the lexicon just just the just the moan because you do it really well yeah, oh. i watch a lot of porn so you know that's okay um so what do you think jacob <laughs> underneath that nun doomsday yeah, that's fine. I'm cool with that. It's still in that same general area. I mean, unless you guys want to put it above uh, for chance to dream. So with that said, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so with that said, new number 36 is, of course, going to be uh, the lateness of the hour. Uh, number one is still either the holder. Number Yay. 43 is the fever. Um, yeah, uh, it's. I don't know. In the end, like it's really just kind of a crapshoot when it gets down to like these episodes. Like you know, when we get to episode 100, it's going to be interesting to see where we put the you know the invaders or something like that. So I don't think that's a question. <laughs> oh, it's not. That's why I didn't respond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I figured. But yeah. So yeah, yeah. Fever number 44. I have a holder number one. Uh, next episode is The Trouble with Templeton, uh, directed by Buzz Killick, uh, written by E. Jack Newman. This actually stars <laughs> e. Jack. Brian. E. Jack. Yeah, he, E. Jack's oh, all Oh, baby. I want E. Jack all over me. <laughs> but this uh, <laughs> this stars Brian. <laughs> so anyways, this stars Brian Ahern, Pippa Scott, and actually stars the one and only Sidney Pollock. Which I think is kind of interesting. So really? rest in peace, Sydney Pollock. Yep. Yeah, he stars in this episode. Great Dude, director. I like my microphone and it kind of tastes weird. <laughs> Why did you lick your microphone? I don't know. All right. So, anyways, that'll do it. That'll be our take on the lateness of the hour. Um, you know, it is what it is. So, anyways, we're gonna head out. We're gonna go into the twilight zone. You know, do things that we shouldn't be doing. But uh, Trev, oh yeah, if they want to find you're licking the microphone, apparently, where can <laughs> they find that at? Oh, <laughs> uh, you can find my my mic licking antics here on YouTube at Trivial Theater. Uh, I keep saying it, but uh, I actually am gonna have hopefully have. Uh, forbidden uh zone or for yeah forbidden zone coming out here this next week at some point um hopefully anyway uh yeah you can also see me on uh twitter at trivial theater yeah and she's 75 subscribers away from a thousand people get on it subscribe do it it's crazy do it now do it do it now (laughs) do it (laughs) (laughs) what is this what is this a hospital made for ants (laughs) pretty much Oh man! It needs to be at least three times as big. Do it <laughs> <laughs> now, Jacob. When they want to find out about your antics of broken projectors and movie theaters that are uh, oh, called uh, like uh, MMC or uh, Regal and uh, Cinemax, uh, where where can they find your content at? They can find that out tomorrow because that video is coming out tomorrow. I made a video of that, by the way. But anyway, nice. um, uh, yeah, check me out on Jacob Anders Reviews. I uh, do a 
twice a week show called the Almost Awesome Show uh, with Nick, where we talk movies and a little bit of video games, just entertainment and other stuff, and it's ever evolving. Uh, airs every Wednesday and Saturday at two o'clock p.m. Central Time, whatever your time is, wherever you live, figure that out. Um, and then smaller bits of those those episodes or those uh, stories come out throughout the week. Uh, what Nick is referencing is my experience attempting to see Bullet Train the other day, and we talked about that. And I actually we talked enough to where I could put a video out about that. That'll be out tomorrow, <laughs> as of this recording tomorrow. Um, so yeah, check that out. Check out my other stuff. I still do movie reviews too, as well. Um, some of them are on that show and some of them are my traditional, just me sitting there in the studio doing reviews. So come check those out. I got, uh, one that hopefully I will be watching or doing of a movie. I'll be watching literally very, very soon in probably the next hour, I hope. So then there, there might be a, a fresh review up for you of a new movie. But yeah, check this stuff out there. I'm on Twitter too, at Red Neville too, or Jacob Ender's reviews, whatever you want, however you like. <laughs> other Excellent. places too. Just hit me up in my DMs. I'll tell you about some other places. <laughs> my only fans. Uh, it's just me with fans. You got two fans. It's, it's only fans. Eh? They're actually That's the ones you have fans. to like. You have to do this. Yeah, like Geisha fans. It's just me. It's only fans. So it's just me. He's like, shouldn't it just be the fans? Two hours straight. Big fans on the side. It's only fans. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. I know. I'm sorry. Just, just, just. uh, How about you, Nick? Um, (laughs) Yeah. So you can uh, you can hit me up on uh, Movie Emporium. Uh, I want to throw this out now. Uh, We're going to close. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to hit our year here at the end of the August. So if you want to ask us some questions, please do hit us up on Twitters and DM me. You know, Movie Emporium. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing a lot of videos this week, seeing a lot of movies, very exhausted, that type of thing. So definitely check out my reviews, uh, audio feeds, of course, audio boom, audio cast, uh, cast to mast, uh, uh, caster, sex cloud. oil, sex clown, sex, uh, sex clown, <laughs> uh, a whole new dimension. Hi, kids. <laughs> We got iTunes and Amazon Music Testing. and Google Play and Audio yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Audacity, all that stuff. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyways, yeah, yeah. <laughs> without, further... <laughs> without, without further ado, for myself, Trip, yeah, and Jacob, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time or twice. Um... Eject. <laughs> Peace out. Peace out. Arrivederci. Maya con Dios. Grazie. <laughs>